0: come to arrest Jesus late on the Thursday nights then he'd been brought before the Roman governor Pontius Pilate the crowd outside was full of people who were jealous because Jesus was so popular crucify him the crowd shouted again and again so Jesus was forced to carry his cross to a hillside outside the city walls he'd provided food for the hungry people, he had calmed a storm and helped the blind see again many people who had been ill were made well and he had told everyone about how much God loved them but he was nailed to a cross between two thieves. Jesus' friends and his mother watched, weeping, until Jesus cried out to God in a loud voice just before he died. Some of his friends took the body of Jesus down from the cross and buried him in a rock tomb. Then they rolled a big stone across the entrance. Very early on Sunday morning, Mary went to the tomb where they had buried Jesus, and she was very sad. She had come with herbs and spices so that she could anoint the body. There had not been time before this because the body had to be buried quickly before the special sabbath day but when she got there the big stone had been rolled away the tomb was empty where could jesus be then mary was startled by two angels jesus is alive they told her go and tell everyone mary didn't know what to think but she ran as fast as she could until she found jesus's friends then she told them the news jesus is alive she shouted and they went to the garden where the empty tomb was to see for themselves Jesus had died, but God had raised him to a new life. Some days had passed since Mary had seen the empty tomb. Since then, all the disciples had seen him alive again. Now, some of the disciples had been out fishing on Lake Galilee. It was not been a good night. They had not caught any fish at all. As the sun rose, a man called to them from the shore. Throw your nets out on the other side, he said. The disciples were tired, but they did as he suggested. And to their surprise, the nets nearly broke with the weight of all the fish. Can it be Jesus, John asked? Peter jumped into the water and swam to the shore. Jesus was cooking bread and fish for them. He had died, but he was really alive again. He told them that he'd soon would return to be with God in heaven, but he would send his Holy Spirit so they'd never be alone again. So that's the story, really, that we're going to quickly look at today, both sides of the, the crucifixion and the resurrection as well. And what we want to just want to do is, if you've got some um, kiddies that are good at colouring in, we wanted to go over there on the map there, and we've got some colouring stuff over there and some colouring sheets and a little quiz there, and at the end of that, the ones that colour and do the, the joining up of the dots well are going to get some prizes, <coughs> and there may be some spare prizes for mums and dads that help them as well. <coughs> You're very big, aren't you? So um, they're over there, and I think we're going to have Auntie Auntie Lou is going to be the judge. Is that right, Auntie Lou? Yeah, of the of the of the colouring at the end of it. So take your finished articles over there and see if Auntie Lou will give you a chocolate Easter egg. You don't get one, though. OK, so let's just look at that, some aspects of this story this morning. There was once a, a man and his son, and the son was going to university, and he wasn't a particularly acad- academic lad, and he struggled for the first two years of, of university, and his dad was very supportive, and he said to, them, said to the son, in the third year, if you do really well and really put your, your heart and soul into your last year at university, he said, I will save up for you, and I'll buy you a car as an incentive to pass your university course and get a good grade at the end of it. So the son was really challenged by that and he really put himself out. In the, in the third year, he really went to town with his studies and he really knuckled down and did the best that he possibly could. Towards the end of that year, uh, the father and son went out to look for a car and they traveled around lots of places and, and eventually they found the ideal car that the son wanted. And it came up to graduation day, the night before graduation, and the father came up to the son and he gave him... um, he gave him a gift-wrapped Bible and the son was so disappointed with that that he threw it on the floor and he walked out and tragedy struck the family not long after that really and the father died about three years later and he never saw his son between the graduation eve and the day that he died and um, for various reasons Uh, after the father was buried the son went back to the house basically to help to go through some of the the possessions of of his dad and came across the Bible there still gift-wrapped And when he unwrapped the Bible, he blew the dust off it and unwrapped the Bible, inside there, inside the first page, was a check for the exact amount of the car. And he suddenly realised that the promise was there, but he hadn't actually taken hold of it. And I guess how how many of us have literally done the same thing to God? We've thrown away a wonderful promise because we didn't understand it or didn't believe perhaps it was possible. We are taught that if it sounds too good, it probably is. I'm sure many of us have seen adverts on the television that says, if you buy this thing, if you wash your clothes in this, if you buy this car, you'll be better, faster, cleaner, etc., etc. And many of us are taken in by empty promises. But God never makes a promise that is too good to be true. And this morning I just want to look at the Easter story, and basically we're looking at the Luke 23 and 24, chapters 23 and 24. And although the resurrection and the crucifixion are in all, three, all four Gospels, I want to specifically look at Luke's variation on this. Now, the three promises I want to look at this morning are all marked by something empty. The empty cross, the empty grave, and the empty burial clothes. And it's the very fact that each of these are empty that assures us that God's promises are real. (coughs) Because they couldn't hold Jesus, because he couldn't be contained by the cross, the grave, or even the burial clothes, we can be sure of the fullness of God's promises in our lives. So let's start by looking at the empty cross. Because the cross was empty and death was defeated, we have the promise of forgiven sins. So let's go back to the cross on the first Easter morning. It was dawn, but the sun had not risen, and the women were on their way to the tomb. After walking for about a half an hour, You can imagine the conversation is fairly subdued and the task before them is a very sad one. They are going to anoint the body of their Lord and Saviour. As they stare out into the distance outside the city walls, they see the three crosses. Yesterday was the Sabbath, so nobody had yet removed them. So there they stand, a reminder of the horror of Good Friday. The one is in the middle is the one that I want you to focus on. And I'm going to read something from the Youth Bible from Isaiah 53. Who would have believed what we heard? Who saw the Lord's power in this? He grew up like a small plant before the Lord, like a root growing in a dry land. He had no special beauty or form to make us notice him. There was nothing in his appearance to make us desire him. He was hated and rejected by people. He had much pain and suffering. People would not even look at him. He was hated and we didn't seem to even notice him. But he took our suffering on him and felt our pain for us. We saw his suffering and thought God was punishing him. But he was wounded for the wrong that we did. He was crushed for the evil that we did. The punishment which made us well was given to him, and we are healed because of his wounds. We have all wandered away like sheep. Each of us has gone his own way, but the Lord has put on him the punishment for all the evil that we have done. He was beaten down and punished, but he didn't say a word. He was like a lamb being led to be killed. He was quiet as a sheep is quiet while its wool is being cut. He never opened his mouth. Men took him away roughly and unfairly. He died without children to continue his family. He was put to death. He was punished for the sins of my people. He was buried with wicked men and he died with the rich. He had done nothing wrong and he had never lied. But it was the Lord who decided to crush him and to make him suffer. The Lord made his life a penalty offering But he will still see his descendants and live a long life. He will complete the things the Lord wants him to do. After his soul suffers many things, he will see life and be satisfied. My good servant will make many people right with God, and he will carry away their sins. For this reason I will make him great among many people, and he will share in all things with those who are strong. He willingly gave his life and was treated like a criminal, but he carried away the sins of many people, and ask forgiveness for those who sinned. So, remembering the cross, the middle cross in front of us there, the blood stains on the top of the cross are from the crown of thorns that were crushed into Jesus' skull. The stains on the end of the crossbars, they came from the nails that were driven into his wrists. The main beam, it was soaked in blood from his back blood that was shed when the Roman soldiers beat him with a cat of nine tails. It also bears the stains that were poured out from his side when another Roman soldier ran a spear through his side to see if he was dead. And he was. You see, Jesus really did die. And that is why I want you to this morning it's the place where he died. But today it is empty empty of Jesus' body, but full, full of God's promises, full of hope for you and for me. The promise of the empty cross is that you and I stand forgiven because it was on that cross that Jesus paid the ultimate price for all of our sins. Sin is not a popular word and it is not politically correct, but the Bible says all have sinned. Every one of us, you, me, me, person behind you, beside you and in front of you. All have sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The only person that never sins is the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone else has failed. So here's the problem. The Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. But the solution is also found in scriptures. Romans 5, 8 tells us that God demonstrated his own love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus cried out, it is finished. The penalty was paid. On that cross, that empty cross, it was there that his blood was spilt for our salvation. So let's move on to the second promise, the empty tomb. The women are making their way towards the tomb and are asking themselves a question Who will move the stone for us? Historians tell us that it was a large boulder weighing approximately two tons and put there by the Romans, and no one was allowed to touch it. But when they finally arrived, the stone had been moved, and two angels that gleamed like lightning according to Scripture were sitting on top of it. Luke 24, verse 5 says this The angels say, Do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Jesus has risen and the tomb is now empty. What a tremendous picture that holds for all mankind. It's the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the promise is to every one of us that we too will be raised to life. To those who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour here this morning, death has lost its sting It is no longer something to be feared. There was once a father and his daughter travelling in a car in early springtime down a country lane. And the father put down the windows of the car and in that instant a bee flew into the car and to the horror of the daughter because she was deathly allergic to bee stings she went into a panic. As the father saw this he grabbed old out and caught the bee in his hand about 15 seconds later he let the bee go again and he saw again his daughter's panic and he said this to her as he opened his hands and on the palm of his hands the bee's sting was still in the palm of his hand and he said this to his daughter I took the sting, the bee can't hurt you anymore and God says as a result of that empty tomb relax my son or my daughter, I took the sting death can't hurt you anymore the angel said, He is risen, and the promise to us today is that we can live even when we die. That is the second promise of Easter. The third one is this. After the angel had spoken to the woman at the tomb, they immediately went back and told the apostles what had happened. Peter and John now raced to the tomb to check out the story. And just put yourself in the picture, or in the position of the disciples over the last three or four days. What emotions they must have gone through from the Black Friday and being scattered and not knowing if their Lord and Saviour is going to be put to death as he's been arrested to running to the tomb thinking, someone's told us Jesus is alive. The emotions they must have gone through must have been amazing. But they race to the tomb to check out the story. And John reaches the place first but is reluctant to empty the tomb. But Peter, good old Peter, he rushes into the tomb and he finds, as the woman had said, it was indeed empty. So here is the third promise. Peter found the clothes that Jesus had been buried in, and they too were empty. This could only mean one thing that Jesus was alive. Even if anybody had stolen the body, why would they have removed the burial clothes and folded them up neatly and left them where they lay? Truly, Jesus was resurrected. It wouldn't be long after that that Jesus would appear to Mary Magdalene and to all of the apostles, and eventually, in the 40 days he was back on the earth to over 500 people so think about this as we close the cross couldn't hold him the tomb could not contain him and the burial clothes were unnecessary because he is alive he has skin and bones and a face that was recognisable and he talks and touched and he loved and he healed and he did this on the day of his resurrection and he still does it today. The most important of all, he wants to do that with you. This morning we've heard about three promises that God has made to us. The promise of forgiven sins, the promise of eternal life, and the promise of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. My question to you this morning is this. Will you take him at his word? If so, listen to his final promise. It is found in Romans 10, Verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let me just read that again. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This morning, if you've never accepted God's promise for your life, he is waiting, probably wondering, for heaven's sake, what is taking you so long to make a decision? Don't wait another day. Do it today and know the joy of eternal life in Jesus Christ. I trust the Lord will truly bless you this Easter time. What I want to do now is I want to just show a video up on the screen here, which encompasses a lot of the things I've said this morning, okay? Uh, and at the end of that, what I want to do is I just want you to, in your heart, take the words that I've said to you and look at this video and just be very still before God's. And there may be some people here this morning that want to respond in some way. And maybe you've never made a decision for Christ today. And I want you just to consider why Christ died for you. If he died for you, and just just think that through in your mind while you're watching this video. And at the end of it, what I want you to do is just remain in silence when it finishes. And I've asked Matt and the band to come up here and just to play some music in the background. I don't want you to rush away. I want you to consider the Easter message, please. It's important that we have this message at least once a year and we have this this opportunity for you to respond to the gospel. So we're going to see this. We're going to just sit in silence at the end of it. Matt's going to come up here and play some music for us. And then once you've reflected on it, then please feel free to get up and help yourself to coffee over there and go and chat with some people. There's not going to be a formal ending to this after Matt's finished strumming. Okay, so watch this. Just sit in your seats and consider what God's saying to you individually. And if you need to make a response, please, I'd love you to come and see me or to see Matt or Julia or Lou, one of the leaders in the church we'd love to talk about salvation with you if you're here for the first time if you don't know Jesus as a personal saviour but please don't rush away after we've seen this video thank you thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk Many is standing